We are back with another Rad Years podcast. Ooh, is that a Stormtrooper mug you're drinking out of? It is. Look at that. I got a Darth Vader one, too, for Christmas. Aw. This is our Christmas fallout, kind of. Um, and just so you know, we're recording to a new device, which I haven't fully checked facilities on yet. Uh, I've been working on that for most of the night, and uh, it should eventually make everything sound better. But until until it does, uh, pardon me if it sounds bad. Assuming that it is recording, in which case you never even hear this conversation. Right. You know. But you know, I'm, I think it's recording. I would hope it's recording. I'm sure we're good. So we, this is our first post Christmas show. Uh, probably. How was your Christmas? It was fantastic. Uh, Enchantress killed it. I posted on Radier's. Uh, Two of those art pieces she got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very cool. Spider Gwen. Remember we saw that Spider Gwen at New York Comic Con? Mm-hmm. Uh, she got me, which I currently have behind me. Um, I could tilt down so you can see those Lightbrite pieces. Yes. Uh, she got me an original, well, not an original, but a Lightbrite from the ni- early 1990s. Awesome. So I'm, bu- I'm currently building the Rad Years logo out. Ooh. Yeah, for our set. Um... You know, I got some other cool artwork. I got one of those Ninja Turtle Ghostbusters. It's behind me somewhere. You know, you, the people can't see it, so I won't even bother. I see it over my shoulder there. Uh, ah. Uh, her mom, it's the Enchantress mother uh, of the Coven. We were playing, by the way, let me side note. We were playing uh, Cranium, and this is the second time. They, they hit her, her sister, and her mom playing a team together. They always win, and they seem to be able to just read each other's minds it's more like a coven than a family so the head of the coven her mother got me this uh one of five signed batman books from alex ross it's one of his covers beautiful beautiful piece awesome yeah so a lot of cool stuff what about you what what good stuff did you get uh well we we spent all our money on a camera so we could uh take pictures of the kid that you know so we can Remember, cherish those memories for all the years, and look back on it when she resents us. Like oh yeah, we can remember when she when she loved us. Oh, remember when she used to love us. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. She got me a a book. Um. Why dinosaurs matter. Okay. Recently came out over some. It's awesome. It's hilarious. I'm only a couple pages in. Wait, you're um, reading a book? I am reading a book. Yes. No way. I just started. You um, should be impressed. Like ten pages. Ten. I'm blown away. Okay. So we we're talking uh here's let me set up the premise for today's show. We are talking about now, now this is kind of the post Christmas, so it's kind of we're still in the Christmas fallout. It's not New Year's yet. Uh you may be listening after New Year's, but we're recording this a few days before uh the New Year's Eve and New Year starts. So I don't know if people call it New Year's, New New Year's what? Or is it many years? Right, so it'd be like new. We're recording this before the new year. <laughs> I'm just dropping grammar on you. I know you're making squeezer face, but 
so we're recording this before the new year, and uh, we just I kind of decided, and you agreed to it, that we should talk mm-hmm. about uh, three films that people a lot of people classify as Christmas movies. A lot of people don't. People watch these all year, but they're three of my favorites, mm-hmm. and I kind of put them up as a grab bag. Like, talk about anything you want out of these three movies, and they are Die Hard, Gremlins, and Batman Returns. Yes. All the movies Which, take place during the Christmas season. It's official now. Die Hard is it's officially a Christmas movie. How why is it official now? Um what's his name? It was uh uh Steven D'Souza who uh, the writer wrote the screenplay. Yeah. Uh he I guess Jake Tapper of CNN tweeted him out. It's like, Hey, can you just settle this? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And he said yes it, to some extent. Uh, and uh, and then uh, yeah, posted hashtag Die Hard Christmas movie or something like that. So if the guy who wrote it said it's a Christmas movie, it's a Christmas movie. I would say it's no less of a Christmas movie than fucking Home Alone. Well, Home Alone's a Christmas movie. Exactly. Right. So yeah, and then someone made the argument. Well, Die Hard came out in July, and he posted a picture of Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street with uh, its release date of June. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a Christmas. It takes place at Christmas. Yeah. Which all these movies do. And Gremlins had a summer release date, and so did Batman. So it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, yes. But and, Ju- and Jumanji is not a Christmas movie. No, neither is Django Unchained or Wolf of Wall Street. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's what we're talking about. So um, a little prep before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about the movies. Um Die Hard. I so I rewatched the three of these like I do every year throughout the season. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, Batman Returns first a couple weeks ago, then Gremlins, and we always we watched Die Hard on Christmas Eve because that's Enchantress's uh, tradition. So I was like, "Fuck, I watch I'll watch Die Hard anytime." Every time yeah. I watch Die Hard, I get I I just get blown away. It is the perfect action movie. Yes. Um, yeah, I I look. It it came at the right time. It was. I was just thinking about this. Like, Die Hard is to, like, grunge music. Uh, it was, like, the grunge scene when all those other big, muscle-bound guys with flowing locks toting around an M60 were the hair bands of the day. <laughs> and John McClane is the dinosaur junior of Die Hard. Now, um, yeah, I really think that... They it changed did... what an action movie could be. Uh... Yeah, I, I guess it changed kind of what an action move or what an action hero is. As I would say, it's kind yes. of a, uh, it's it's third person omniscient or omniscient, right? Omniscient. Am I saying that right? Yes. Omniscient. Omniscient. Maybe. Omniscient. Omniscient. Yes. There you go. Third third person omniscient. So like we see everything. There's no surprises. Like when he's got the gun taped to his back, we know it before Hans Gruber knows it. When mm-hmm. um. Uh, like when even even when the, like the cops everything is happening and and then they do this like subtle narration that starts when that girl in the stretch pants runs past him and jumps into the muscle guy's arm and he's like California, you know, and it really sets up that he's like the every guy getting in the front with uh, Argyle of the of the of the, of the uh, limo and saying it's you know he's but one of the things I noticed that I never noticed before is. Um, uh, every time he's on the walkie-talkie, and especially when he's with Gruber, the talk room they leave, like he, they're actually shooting a conversation 
Um, it, it almost looks like they're cutting back and forth between one of our uh, sports interviews. Squeezer, it's they do a really good <laughs> job. And then when he's like, when um, when Hans Bubby is uh, about to get killed, and he's like really freaking out, and like, and he turns around, he's like, he turns around to him. Like they do a really good job of uh, filming that. Even though the, the the way they use the Dutch tilt in the, when the Gruber finally meets. Uh, oh, it's an awesome look. Yeah, so I, everything about that movie, I just, I just love. And then, of course, Gremlins. Who could mm-hmm. not love Gremlins? Uh, we'll get more into it. But uh, when Gremlins came out, like we we're talking a Steven Spielberg movie that's written by Chris, a newcomer Chris Columbus, who would go on to, of course, do Home Alone and, um, like, I mean, Gremlins was was great. It had, uh, it had cute characters, like funny characters, a great cast. It had uh, Phoebe Cates who. Mm-hmm. showed it all in past times original <laughs> which was apparently controversial with the studio they weren't sure if they were down with that uh action and then you know you got batman returns which is oh god i mean take dark knight out of the picture batman returns is my favorite batman movie you know i i went back and i was thinking about it and it it, it is my favorite like at the time, like when all the when all the Nolan movies are coming out, it's like okay, this is awesome. These are now my three favorite, and then Batman. But I don't think, and don't get me wrong, I'm not insulting those movies in any way. They don't age as well as I think Batman Returns ages. No, see, I disagree. I just I just watched The Dark Knight, and it ages. I mean, we'll. St- I mean, it hasn't aged enough to know, but it still holds up. I mean, that movie's still fucking kick ass. It's amazing, but there there are some things where the same th- thing. Why we're talking about Gremlins and we're talking about Die Hard, there there's something like special about them. I don't know if it's the way that they were made. Like like again, I will kiss these movies' asses just for the the practicalness of them when being made. Because you know me, I love that kind of shit. Like like Die Hard, like that that the scenic, like the overview of the city was a giant matte painting. That right. then had like well, no, that wasn't just great color grading. <laughs> Come on, the, the rose <laughs> rose colored sunset of Los Angeles and Century City. Um, but yeah, that's it what could change about, color right? throughout the night. It was um, amazing work, and they used it for other movies after that. And then Gremlins, just the, the they were gonna have monkeys wearing outfits. I know, at one point. and they they put a spider monkey in a in the Gremlins outfit. He freaked out and just yeah. shit all over the place and destroyed the <laughs> outfits. Which is exactly what Gremlins do anyway. So right. kind of should have done it. Man. And the fact that it was shot like on a in a back lot, like it was shot on uh, Hill Valley, <laughs> yeah, the same one that Back to the Future was shot on, and uh, you know, sponsored by Burger King right in the beginning there. <laughs> Burger King's got big money on Gremlins, and then so Batman Returns, yeah, it kind of has the same timeless feel that the animated series had, where you can't, not that the, yes, you can't, not that it's timeless in that. Oh, Batman Returns. I'm sorry, Batman, the Dark Knight is going to like fall apart when it gets older. But mm-hmm. you'll always be able to pinpoint kind of what time period Batman, the Dark Knight, the, ba- the Dark Knight trilogy came from. Batman Returns kind of is time, like you can't really pinpoint if it's the 30s, it's the 80s. Yes. You know, there's no, well, it's, it's the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and whereas uh, the Dark Knight and stuff, like it, it's a superhero movie for sure. 
Batman Returns is a comic book movie in the same way like like Dick Tracy is. It just it, you're not it's not like you're sitting there and it's not supposed to be pushed off as this reality that they've created. No, you're watching a comic book unfold and it just has that that feel to it. All right, well and that's how I think what makes it timeless. Let's start with your first pick. This is what? So this is this is the uh, score over what is potentially my favorite scene, and it's not long. It's maybe a 40, 30-second shot, and we were, we were just talking about this. Um, that Chinatown scene in the very beginning of Gremlins. Yeah, before, the, before the opening titles. But for the opening titles, when he's going before in... Christmas, uh, baby, please come home. <laughs> when he's um, going into... Uh, Mr. Wing's shop, and he's just doing that uh, old-school film noir-style voiceover, walking through the streets, and I just absolutely am in love with this setting and this shot. And you could tell by looking at it that it's shot on the back lot. It's shot on Warner Brothers' back lot. Yeah. Uh, and they they flip this set too. It's the um, out that's the the street then when the gremlins are running wild as well you know right but there's just something about it i don't know it the the art direction and the set decoration the set the the set decoration inside the shop is insane yeah do you think like uh, the amount of he beat detail that, kid for that selling went in that mogwai hmm you think he beat that kid for selling that mogwai oh my he probably put some kind of weird curse Bam- on him bamboo shoots i figured ow I had to do that the other day to myself, honestly. It's very painful. Um, go see doctors, folks. Don't perform medical procedures yourself. Yeah, no, that's... Consider yeah. yourself qualified. Right. Um, but, yeah, uh, Jackie Carr, uh, I looked... Uh, when I was curious. Sometimes I watch a movie, I'm like, who the hell did this, and did they work on anything else? And uh, James A. Spencer was a production designer, and he also did uh, Burbs and a bunch of episodes of Lost. He also did Blank Man. That was I a fun film. Um, but Jackie Carr was a set decorator who was responsible for all that awesome stuff like within the scene, sending it. E.T., Arachnophobia, and Jurassic Park. Oh. So some awesome credits credentials. there. But just that, that watch that opening shot. And when I said how it looks like when you're watching Batman Returns, it's like you're watching a comic book and they're not trying to pr- pass it off as reality. They, I feel like they wanted to make this look like you were watching a film to remind you. Because Gremlins kind of is in itself like a kind of, I don't even want to say parody, but an homage, just celebrating all that is like, the camp of movies maybe yeah. yeah i mean you you see them like when they're in the theater like like and all the the different caricatures that each one little gremlin takes on and i i think that's what makes me love this movie so much is it it just it it i don't know it looks like they had fun doing it 
Well, yeah, it certainly uh, it certainly paid off for him too because they, um, you know, this movie's evergreen almost. It, it constantly gets re-released with new additions and toys and merchandise. Keeps selling. Um, uh, and the biggest, I think, most important decision they made was to keep uh, uh, Gizmo a good guy. Gizmo was originally supposed to turn into Stripe. Uh, and that's kind of why he's not in the second act at all because, yeah, you know, they, they made it a last minute decision to make him, you know, spite, uh, stripe, uh, no, no, make stripe his own character. So, you know, they, they did, they did the typical Spielbergisms to kind of make the movie, you know, kind of a not good relationship with his dad. And, uh, I don't know if you still have the. Uh, yes, the last pick. I'm not going to talk about it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a good first pick, Squeeze. All right, here's uh, here's mine. My number one. Shoot the glass. That is the theme music from Die Hard for NES. Now, um, I don't know if uh, you were a fan of this game, Squeeze. Did you ever play it? Uh, I don't think I had. I, when you told me about this, I went back. I'm like, I, I honestly don't remember playing it for NES. I had it. I had Die Hard Trilogy for PlayStation. Okay. This I was... never played it for NES. This was the any just NES game. So I was at I, I we weren't at Blockbuster. We were at some other like rental that had 99 cent video game rentals for Nintendo. Far more? It might have been far more. It was somewhere. And my dad was like, "Oh, what about Die Hard?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, what about Die Hard?" And it didn't have like uh, John McClane on the front cover. It had the uh, tower on that on fire and it, it looked like now when you look at the title screen it looks like the twin towers like it's very 911 esque yeah. but i put that shoot the glass scene at the beginning with hans gruber because one of the coolest things i always loved about this game was you didn't only have a life bar you had like a foot life bar because he's obviously um shoot one of the great you know devices they used in the film to make him more vulnerable mm-hmm. was that you know not only is he afraid to fly but also that tip that made him take his shoes off. So when Hans Gruber identified that that's a vulnerability on him and had them shoot the glass, they made that into the game. So you can shoot glass out to like get through places, but then you walk over and you lose you lose your foot energy. Uh, Clever. So you could go up and be, you start on the 30th floor, like the game, and you go in between the, the floors. You could get to the roof, and sometimes they'll call the police, sometimes you won't. It's really weird. <laughs> Uh, and there's a lot of cool. The game's fucking hard as shit. The guys shoot at you. Do you, do you when you're walking upstairs? Do you get to have fun like in Ghostbusters where you have to hit A and B for each left right? No, left no. Foot, and right plus, foot? you can take the elevator. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know. There was just it was just fun. But there's and there's cut scenes that have like in like images of, of from the movie in it. And you know you're doing some talking with Sergeant Al. Bonnie's in there, and at the end. Uh, when you f- actually face Hans, you can both die, and it says, "You both didn't make it. Sorry, the game. You lost the game." 
all the way to the end, and that's how you can yeah you, can you show so you lose, think you get it, but, but then you awesome. die because you don't have the right energy. Oh, that is a big middle finger. Yeah. These cuts, these uh, cutscenes look awesome. Are oh, you looking at them now? Yeah. yeah, like the detail in them is for eight bits is phenomenal. Yeah, so if you could pull the emulation, the ROM, and on an emulator just to give it a whirl, it's it's worth it. I ha it's a lot of fun. It's hard as shit. Like in the first, right off the bat, you're gonna struggle. And if you play, there's nice. two modes. There's an, a beginner and advanced. Advanced mode drops you on any random floor. Beginner always drops you on the thirtieth. Huh. So that seems to be the only difference. Did your heat I'm kick on? I'm sure I came across it hunting for titles, and I just kind of blew it off, thinking it to be another movie pile of shit, you know, in a cartridge. It's hard. You might need Game Genie. <laughs> uh, I think that's what we used. Um, is your heat kicked on, by the way? Yeah, sorry about that. I oh, know. I just want to make sure it wasn't in my my line here. I, heard, I thought it was the I thought it was the game cart. Normally I would shut it off, but since it is uh, like twelve degrees, degrees outside, outside yeah, yeah. I'm not even gonna not even gonna attempt that. So yeah, I would suggest if you have a chance and you you can find the ROM or you find the game somewhere, throw it in your own Nintendo, uh, give it a play because it's 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 I like it a lot. But uh, how, what was this PlayStation game like? Uh, PlayStation, it was all three movies. So it came out right after uh, three. And it was kind of like three games in one, which was kind of a saving grace because none of them were actually all quite good on their own. So the first Die Hard was a third-person shooter, which was kind of which was it was actually kind of fun. Kind and of GTA. You, just, you were mo like move around Nakatomi and just like any other generic. It felt kind of like if uh, like GTA Three, but you were kind of restrained right. inside a building. Right. Um, and then two was pretty awesome. It was a rail shooter with a light gun. Oh. Um, and so you were in the back of a truck or on a snowmobile, and you played Die Hard, basically played through Die Hard 2 in, as a uh, first-person light gun shooter. Okay. And then uh, three, I rarely ever played. It was basically Crazy Taxi. Oh, well, that you makes drove sense. Around a, yeah. You know, yeah. In a car, in a taxi car. But, oh. So they were all kind of fitting for each movie and they kind of matched up with um i gotta you know, check with the movie out. itself I mean, it, it was it was a fun game yeah. i played the shit out of it mm. it's not a great game um maybe uh since it's not such a great game but still one i enjoy maybe when we redo our playstation 64 challenge i'll put that on the list so i can lose again <laughs> <laughs> sounds good all right well let's move on to your next pick to throw the toy commercial on too because this was i didn't want to get into it right away it would have been a nice little transition but you know we're trying to keep things uh you know a steady flow here which somehow we seem to be doing yeah we're... i just want to point that out to everyone um maybe it's best that i don't ever come over to the <laughs> 
episode. I'll just stay in my basement. Well, our longest episode yet was a remote one. Was it? Oh, the uh, was it the fast food one? The most popular one too. Oh, look still at that. to this day. Um, oh yeah, I hurt my back over Christmas too. Just to let everyone know. Oh, let's too. go. I'm an old man now. How'd you, how'd you hurt your back? Uh, picking my kid up. Oh, she was asleep, oh, and Daddy I forgot that. Back. I picked creepy. her up like I used to, right? And it's a, she's like basically a little soft, spongy kettlebell now, <laughs> and I kind of stretched out and picked her up from all the way across the bed, like five feet away. And have you? Been, I, I thought I was good. And like two days later, now I can't breathe or get out of the car. Have you been eating good? Um. For Christmas. Not horrendous. Um, what what's considered good? Well, I'm I'm saying like not like I'm not saying like have you picked out? I'm saying have you been eating like good? Like like have you been eating like anything? Any they want to hear a cheese up? Give us a cheese update, Squeezer. Oh, um, uh, nothing crazy on the cheese front. I picked up some fiocchino, which it's like a um soppressata, but with uh, uh uh fennel in it. Which is really good. Uh, this is for New Year's, and then I got some, just some manchego and like an aged cheddar. Nothing too crazy. Are you going to do this cheese show? The people want it. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm trying to figure out how. Because here's the thing: I am in no way an expert on this. Uh, I know nothing about. Here's what I know about cheese: I like it. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta find a way to make it work in my semi ridiculous way. I don't. I don't want to try to come off as an expert when I'm not. Uh, so, um, all right. Well, I know. want to make it very clear in doing the show that I am not an expert in this. I reason. am a television producer by trade. Maybe I can help you out figuring a, a, a angle. I figure out an angle for fucking. That's that. That's what I'm in in the process of doing. Our friends right nonsense. now. Our 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 hockey friends nonsense. I figure out an angle for her shit. So. Yeah. I could pretty much figure an angle out for anything. So, uh... Anyway, the Bat Missile. Bat Missile. Wow. We, didn't we just get done saying how good we were at staying on track? And Well, we did that kind of on purpose. Oh, did we? I, re- I honestly did not. Did you? Did uh, you provoke me into a tangent? Yeah, I kind of did. Um, so, this was my favorite Batmobile. The yeah. Tim Burton... Batmobile. Designed uh, by Anton First. From the Anton first, first, who uh, jumped off the eighth story of a parking deck. Yes, he did. Um, man, it sucks, because I would love to see what else he would have come up with. You know? I got to give, uh, speaking of 10 on the tangent, um, Enchantress's brother-in-law, Eddie, drew me this awesome picture. He's a great artist. of, of uh, Anton, It's got the Anton First Batmobile and Michael Keaton's... Um, Batman, but it's the Joker. I guess it's supposed to be Jack, but it, I mean, it's like, it's, yeah, it is Jack. It's side. It's really cool. I got to post it on my Instagram and link it to back to Eddie. He's a great artist, and uh, I can't. I can't wait to hang this bad boy. It's pretty damn awesome. Cool. But the Anton first Batmobile, it, uh, that and the '66 Batman, one of my favorites. There hasn't been a, a better one. Yeah, I, I think those two because they, they just. They look like what the Batmobile, I think, should look like. And like right. the tum, I'm sorry, I think that's what ages these the the Nolan movies. Like the Tumblr, I didn't really give a crap about it. I had yeah. no. It was practical. It, yeah, 
Exactly. Well, there's no fun in that. <laughs> this car had so many different gadgets and grappling hooks and uh, machine guns. Just the, the cocoon shell. Where the hell did that come from? Shields. Who cares? Yeah, that's awesome. You know? It, it's just awesome. It just shows up. One of my favorite then, scenes in Batman Returns is when Penguin takes control of it, and he's in that yes. like toy ride-on, and he's just having like the time of his life taking control mm-hmm. of the Batmo- Batmobile. And I was, when I was a kid, I wanted that. So I love that it's scene. It's what we would do. Yeah. We would not use it for good. No. <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, but I was traumatized, though, when he eventually... I didn't. I couldn't figure out, like... Oh no! But did he do that on purpose? Like at first, like I as a kid, I didn't understand why would you do that to the Batmobile? He wrecked it. Yeah. When he did, when he triggers the basically the escape mode, if you will, turning it into the the Bat missile and it loses all of its, uh, you know, the the Tumblr armaments paid, and the Tumblr paid tribute to it. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, actually, it was supposed to be a motorcycle, I think, um, initially, um, and then they they scrapped that and went with the. Went with the bat missile, um, which just so happens to be fits perfectly through that narrow alleyway. It's like he knew, and it's seven years from now he's gonna have to drive through this. So he went there. I just see Bruce there with like a tape measure, just mm-hmm. okay, good. Yeah, are you but, not Bruce? Alfred. Oh, uh, Alfred. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Come on. Uh, and then, the dirty work. unfortunately, that was it. It basically destroyed it Uh, they say that uh, i guess that it was rebuilt but at that point he started using different versions of the batmobile like the not tim burton but joel schumacher um which i just i hated those yeah like whereas i'm indifferent to the tumbler i hated some of the hated those batmobiles yeah me too just, just looked weird um this was also an awesome toy it was an awesome toy. It was. An awesome I didn't have toy. it. Of course, you had uh, it. Of course, I did. Um, I, I, this thing, man, I put miles on this car. This, this was up there with Ecto One. Yeah. This Ecto One, um, probably got the most, absolute most mileage on him. Um, and it was cool, like the way it could eject the sides and turn in the bat missile, and also little missile launchers on the. Uh, on the wings too. It only had a one seater cockpit, but right. Um, yeah, it was it was a cool ass car. So but yeah, it, it's all that, that that the the design just sells me. It just feels like it. Like I'm I'm watching a comic book. Yeah, uh, and another great thing about that movie, and of course, my second pick is not necessarily this, but I wanted to talk about it, so I kind of combined two things into my next pick, which is this. Mr. Cobblepot, you are the coolest role model a young person could have. And you're the hottest young person a role model could have. When you get into this mighty stuff, it's not about power. It's about reaching out to people, touching people, groping people. Just the pussy I've been looking for. It's chilly in here. I'll warm you. Sounds familiar. Uh, appetite for destruction, contempt for the czars of fashion. Wait, don't tell me. Naked, sexual charisma. Oswald Cobblepot filling the void. I'd like to fill her void. Teach her my French flipper trick. How are you doing great, Meg Cobblepot? 
Your table is ready, Mayor Cobblepot. I need you, Oswald. I need you now. That's the biggest parasol I've ever seen. Some incident like the Gulf of Tonkin. So that was something I put together today. That is a penguin <laughs> being a pervert supercut. That, that's not the law. Weinstein tapes. <laughs> no. This movie, I was just, I was thinking about this just like when we brought up that we we're gonna do Batman Returns. Like, wow, this movie was ahead of its time. Yeah, right. He was uh, a big pervert, and I, I thought he played it great. I'm not gonna disparage it, but I love that. So my pick though is the Batman Returns serial from Ralston. <laughs> <laughs> but I had no other way to like. There's no commercial for it. Yeah. And I want to kind of talk about the Gremlin serial, too. So I figured I would also talk about something I also wanted to talk about. Also, also, also. Which was Penguin being... The Die Hard serial? Die Hard did not have a serial, unfortunately. Damn. But uh, the Penguin being a pervert. So I went through and scoured the movie and found all the clips of him being a pervert. (laughs) (laughs) And those were all the ones that I came across. If there was more, you have to let me know. But those those were... uh, Yeah, I put those together... Uh, just just for you guys. but uh, So in 1989, when Batman came out, uh, Ralston released a cereal of honey-flavored multigrain, like, almost like... Uh, hmm, almost like... Uh, it was Captain Crunch. And... Um, oh, you might want to turn your phones down. I kind of hear me coming through. You're dropping out really bad. Oh, really? Yeah. I said you might want to turn your phones down. I hear me coming through. Really? Through the okay. Yeah. Maybe that's what's causing it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so they released it like a Captain Crunch cereal that was that was not that good, but it had that sick Batman logo on it. And if you saw that in the store, you're gonna make your parents buy it. And it was also shrink wrapped to a Batman bank that looked like Michael Keaton. So, of course. In 1990, this continued that in 1990, just in time for 1992's Batman Returns to come out. And this cereal was delicious. I had this. It was chocolate like Chex, because we're also known the Chex brand back then, with little Batman Marbits in it. And it was really good. And it came with uh, uh, a lot of, there was a lot of different giveaways. There was holographic bookmarks, there was glow in the dark static clings. Uh, and of course, there was a grand prize that you looked inside the box to win every Kenner Batman Returns toy, uh, which was like a $257 value. Never wanted, of course, but always wanted to. Uh, this cereal, my mom, um, she really wasn't in the cereal, but she, she just, they loved that I love Batman, so they bought it for me a lot, and I just devoured this. And then Gremlin's cereal was also made by Ralston, and it kind of was the same exact thing as the original Batman cereal, like a honey-flavored bat, um, uh, like multigrain, but it was like a little mogwise instead of uh, like bat signals, and um, it was uh, it was I never had that, so I can't speak to exactly how Gremlin's cereal tasted. But I do actually have a piece from Dinosaur... I have a piece of the Batman cereal, too, from Dinosaur Dracula's uh, like specimen he gives out every month because I'm a member of his... Uh, uh, his like I, You support the site by being a member of his... Um, I don't even know what it is. His Fun Pack collection. So I have, like... He sent a piece of Gremlin cereal, so it's these little Mogwai pieces. Uh, just don't eat them after midnight. That's all I ask of you. 
Uh, so yeah, that's uh, the cereal. The, the box is adorable. With the gremlin cereal box? Yeah. Yeah, he's just looking up at you like, eat my cereal. Mm-hmm. Did you eat see, me. Did you see the... Uh, did you see the Batman Return cereal? Uh, let's see. It's uh, it's got this little. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah. And uh, pretty sure, yeah, I just ate around the marshmallow. You didn't like the marshmallow piece, the marble? Nah, I was always grossed out by them. Ah, oh, I love them, like dehydrated. I would just eat all the nets. That's were delicious. They were later. There was kind of like uh, the Ninja Turtles cereal, which the Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles was the non-chocolate nets with Ninja Turtle marshmallows, which was delicious. And then they kind of had like uh, octagons for Spider-Man cereal, which was also Ralston Spider-Man animated series cereal, and it was just regular sweetened octagon checks with uh, Spider-Man Marbit. So they got a lot of mileage out of that combination. Uh, I miss those cereals, but there's still a lot of cool themed cereals. And, you know, once we get around to doing our next Rad Years YouTube video, if you haven't checked this out, go at radyears.com. We're, we're on YouTube. We made it, folks. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but the next one I have, there's a whole, there's like a whole shitload of new serials coming out. So, a lot to talk about. But uh, moving on to Squeezer's third pick. <laughs> So apparently that was like really broken German. Yeah, that's the extended. That's the extended cut of uh, the exploding uh, with James and Alexander on the on the floor shooting the rockets. That's the extended cut. Oh. Yeah. No, uh, that was me poorly editing the sounds of the German curling team and Die Hard together. Oh really? I'm laying there in bed and it's like one in the morning. And I'm watching the Olympic Channel or whatever because they're curling on. Because there's if there's there's two things I have to watch at night to fall asleep to. Because otherwise the um, tinnitus and my mind wandering, I just I can't sleep. So it's either animal documentaries or uh, curling. <laughs> and so I was watching curling, and it was the German team. And as I'm watching this, the screaming, and it's over and over again, I'm like, this is horrifying to listen to, for one. Cause, but then I'm like, this, it just took me right into Die Hard. I'm like, this sounds like that scene. It's like, yeah, I see him. And just that whole scene of them loading the rocket, shooting at the tank, and then I had to go and watch Die Hard then, because I was watching German curling. Oh, okay. Well, um... That's a good observation. I, but I read, I did read in my research that the guys really didn't speak German. It was really broken. Yeah, like really, really bad. Uh, in fact, uh, and it had to get redubbed for the German version, and they were <laughs> they were called Europeans, not Germans. Um. Yeah, Alan. They said Alan Rickman just was saying nothing. 
you know, throughout. He's fantastic um, in this movie, and it's his oh, first he, major it's U.S. His role. First major role, yeah. yeah. His first television role. I mean, I'm sorry, movie role, Hollywood yeah, he role. He was just doing a stage, stage and stage British stage television. Yeah. Um, but these two guys. So um, I didn't even know they had names until I'm like, who are the guys that fire the rocket? Because they they mention all their names throughout the movie, but like you only really know like Carl. What's hard to read his arm. Yeah. <laughs> with the um, but then, uh, yeah. So Joey Plua played Alexander. He's the blonde guy that followed that is firing the rocket launcher. Uh, and I was going back and like trying to find out what he did. He was actually like a road manager for Genesis. No shit. Yeah, and like he he's a big he was uh big on like concert tours and he looks it too. Like he looks the part. That's what he does. Like you've. For all I, I'm trying to think if you probably even came across him at some point, um, and didn't even know it, but that's what he does. He's not, he hasn't acted in a whole lot. Yeah, that's true. Then, I probably have come across this guy and I haven't known it. And then uh, James, the uh, balding guy with the ponytail, that is Wilhelm von Hamburg. Does that name ring a bell to you? Uh, was he in Nuremberg? Uh, he was. I'm sure there's someone named that that was there, but not this one in particular. Well, he was a professional wrestler back in the 50s in Germany, but then he uh, had a gig uh, just before this movie actually playing a villain. I give you Vigo! Wait, he was Vigo? This is Vigo. Really? Yeah, the guy that's getting the rockets... The guy, like the bald guy with the ponytail, right, is Wilhelm von Hamburg, and Hold on. he played All right. Vigo. I'm pulling this. See. Oh, that is Vigo. Yeah, look at him. Yeah. He's got the same like bridgy nose, and yeah. So I don't know. He doesn't have. I don't know as far as like speaking roles, but uh... yeah, look at that. That is Vigo. Oh yeah, he's got that that pissed off look too. They're getting out the elevator here. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So that's it's a little good tidbit I did not know. Yeah. Squeezer bringing, bringing the, all the <laughs> info to the table. So uh, we'll get to what I want to talk about with that for, first. But next I want to talk about what I love, my favorite scene from the movie Gremlins. <laughs> So, gun to my head, if I had to pick between, um, not even gun to my head, if I had to pick between a, a regular Mogwai gizmo or a gremlin, I'm taking a gremlin every time. Those guys are so oh, much, hell yeah. Those guys are so much more fun. Even as a kid, I was like, the gremlins are more fun than the Mogwais. Um, that bar scene I always loved because they're all just partying and shoving mm-hmm. their heads in the popcorn and <laughs> just having a great time. And I... I absolutely love it like and a lot less stressful yeah because you don't have to deal with the responsibility they're already gremlins are you wait are you using a gamecube to prop open prop up your <laughs> microphone yeah, yeah. Oh, well my mic rigs are on 
on the set now, so I had to quick whip something up. So I have the little portable base for this mic, and I have it sitting on a GameCube. So it still serves a purpose. It does. It does. I might fire this thing back up. I got it right here. My GameCube is set up. Michael, play Star Wars. We were playing um, uh, Wave Race, uh, the Blue Storm, and then uh, Zelda uh, uh, Wind Waker. I can role play. I can fly around my X-Wing with a Jerky Boy CD playing in the background. Yes. Um, you say you feel like you're back in, in that time period? No, so I feel like I'm Poe. Oh. See what I did there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had to get it in. Had to get it in. I wasn't going to, but I wanted to. I wanted to. So this scene was was pretty much there's so much to look at so pretty much all the gremlins after stripe jumps in the pool and multiplies they like go down to the bar where phoebe cates is working at and she's just like trying to serve them beer and get like ref- i don't know why she keeps serving these drunk drunken yeah. fools um, my, like, sorry, my favorite part about it is that they keep her alive because they need a bartender Right, but also, you know, they're not necessarily killing anyone unless there's a fun way to do it. But yeah, they do need a bartender. They need yeah. someone to tap beers and to get them popcorn. And she's the one to do it, so... Eventually she pulls out her Polaroid and starts, like, fucking with him and gets out of there. But I always love that scene. They're just having so much fun. Stripes the serious one to back playing cards, shooting everyone. There's a, the first look at a female gremlin, mm-hmm. uh, which you see more Wait, of is it too. Is it a female gremlin, or is it is just it gremlin a, and drag? Cross dra- a, yeah. gremlin, a gremlin in drag? Yeah, it could be. So, yeah, that's because gremlins don't have sex. They just, that's true. They just get wet and they produce. Like, well. So they're technically asexual, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that, that's... I, I, so less to be said that everyone wants their own gizmo. No, I want my own, <laughs> like, party, like, gaggle of, of gremlins that I could party with and stay up all night drinking and eating popcorn <sighs> and singing Irish songs and... Uh, playing cards. <laughs> trying to think who I, who I want to hang out with. Probably like the little the jazz guy that just hangs out. In oh, the in the back, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just chill with him. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty cool. He, he seems like a, a you would have a, a good time with him. You know, this was supposed to be a sequel to ET. Originally, really. Yeah, it was supposed to be about like a bunch of ET's race came and they weren't like cuddly and kind like ET was. They're crazy and they run rampant like the Gremlins did. Oh, see that you can't do that because then yeah. it fucks with ET, you know. Like, right? That's why they didn't do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, it, it's funny too because like the, you, this kind of gets uh, I don't want to say st- stigma, but it, it could fall in that category of like uh, silly monster, like not. All right, let me back up. Uh, they kind of compare critters to this. They shouldn't. <laughs> and they shouldn't. They're two completely different movies um, where Critters is more along like Hobgoblins and Gremlins stands on its own as its own Gremlins horror isn't much of a genre. horror it's movie, a comedy. Though. It's a comedy with horror aspects. It's not like, yeah, I was a little scared of it as a kid because, again, to reiterate uh, a theme throughout this podcast, I was a pussy. Um, but, yeah, it's a comedy and it's a love letter to all the awesomeness that you know. Yeah. Guys just want their yum yums. Yeah, that's it's it's basically a movie about kids yeah. that we were all little gremlins. Yeah. If we had you know the resources and the the lack of moral compass, yeah, we probably would have been 
driving a bulldozer through uh, Dick <laughs> Miller's house. Absolutely. Well, him and his fucking Zenith TV that he wish he had. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to pick number four from Squeezer. glad I didn't pull that card because I was going to. I was worried that you are going to, too. I just... Uh, it's such an awesomely gross scene. I was going to pull it for when he tries to pull out the umbrella and he... Oh, I pulled the cute one! <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's just a, such an awesomely gross scene and, like, just a great way for the character to go out, I thought, too. Just... Um, but what I'm really talking about is the comic adaptation of... Batman Returns. Okay. Um, did you get it? Did no. you ever have this? Um, it's pretty awesome. When did it come out? Uh, it came out with the movie. Who um, did it? DC, obviously. Yeah, DC, obviously. Um, so, uh, Dennis O'Neill wrote it. Oh, Denny um, O'Neill? wrote some other... Say him? Denny O'Neill. The Denny O'Neill wrote it? Yeah. Man. That's a big name. Yeah. He was a big hitter with um, Neil Adams, and uh, for Marvel, and ba- and for uh, DC. Well, this yeah. did did Neil Adams draw it? No, no. Um, I couldn't really find any ones on the guys that uh, that actually drew it. But it's still, it, I think it looks cool. Um, very, it's very colorful. Um, there was one particular panel. I think we even talked about this in a previous show. Oh, Steve Irwin drew it. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Um, Man, Denny O'Neill. Well, I mean, I guess he was just adapting, but Denny O'Neill is still one of my favorite. Uh, but, I mean, there's only so much you can... I mean, you're pretty much working from the script. You're just kind of breaking it down. and right. try, I, I don't know if that's harder or what, you know, to work... How I already have that kind of material and then to try to convert it to... You know, a panel. Mm-hmm. I, I have no concept of it's, what that would take. It's funny. Remember what comic book Danny O'Neill was writing uh, at some point in his career that we talked about on our show? Uh, was it the Aliens comics? No. We talked about it early. One of the first podcasts. Battle Mania. Oh, really? Yeah, Denny O'Neill was writing those because he, uh, he kind of fell off, but he was still a great writer. And, you know. um, but th- this was, there was a particular panel where, you know, when they're kidnapping the kids? Yeah. And But there there's a panel of the one clown coming through the window to get the baby out of the crib, and it just stuck with me to this day. Uh, it was just so creepy. Um, but it, it's a cool looking book and there's a lot of color to it. Uh, it, it does definitely kind of has a feel of the movie. Uh, hmm. and then, um, yeah, on the, the front it's, uh, you see Batman in the Batmobile 
um, with like a random explosion from nowhere behind him. And then the back of it, it had like artist renderings of uh, Penguin and Catwoman. Uh, and then like a little film uh, reel with like actual frames from inside the comic. I had a lot of these of like the comic adaptations. I had this one. I had a Terminator 2 one. Um, I don't know why. I think it was like they would they would put these prominently at maybe like Toys R Us up front. So like my mom would see that and it's like, oh, he likes comic books here, sweetie. Something like that, which I'm not complaining. I'm looking at the panels of it. It looks gorgeous. I got to see if mm -hmm. I can track down a copy of this. Moving on to my next pick. Hi. Good evening. I'm here to see Holly McLean. Just type it in there. Cute toy. Yeah, you'd have to take a leak. It'll even help you find your zipper. left in the building. Take the express elevator. Get off where you hear the noise. Thanks. So that was uh, John McClain going to Holly's building and trying to find her uh, her in the, her name in the database. And when she realized that she stopped using McClain, he got kind of pissed. And then she, he, the, the front desk guy goes, oh, there are the only people left in the building. Why would he not say the only people left in the building are on 30th floor, like, right away? Like, he kind of... Yeah, like, you're here for the party. Right. They're like, well, no one else in the building. Are you here for the party? I mean, I don't know. I said maybe, like, he's trained, like, not to, like, set it up unless they're looking for it. But she said I was reaching. And she might be right. But I thought that was... I mean, there are so few plot holes in this movie. Like, it's it's pretty solid movie. I was curious where you're going to go with it. Because, yeah, it's... So here's Pretty the big solid. one. Every, uh, the biggest complaint people have is how did John McClane know that Hans Gruber was Hans Gruber when they've met up? Now, here is how, uh, what's the writer's name? You said it at the top. Uh, well, hmm, screenwriter. Was, you said it at the top. Uh, oh, D'Souza. D'Souza. So D'Souza said at a convention that originally the script uh, went that he, when they got off the truck in that first scene, Hans Gruber says, all right, let's synchronize our watches. And they all put their wrists in and they all have the same watch. Now, if you notice when, when McLean's killing these guys, he's checking them out like a cop would do, uh, seeing what's on their person, seeing any distinctions, and even mentions to Al that, you know, they have uh, like fake, good fake IDs, you know, he's, he's doing a thorough research, so he notices they're all wearing the same watch. So that's the thing that in the script, McLean notices on Gruber that gives him away right away. Uh, but they had to cut that because they had to cut the scene where they saw everyone's watch because if you looked in the truck at that point, there was no ambulance in it. They added that ambulance later on in the movie. Uh, in, in production of the movie, like the ambulance that the the hacker tries to get away in, the Argyle mm -hmm. stops. So 
that scene wouldn't have worked because they show them all and they show the back of that truck and there's no ambulance in it. So that's why it kind of didn't make sense with that plot hole. But the other plot hole that I started out with the clip, I don't know. I, maybe I'm looking too much into it. Maybe I'm not. But Die Hard, great, fantastic movie. Very few plot holes. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with it as far as the computer scene. Yeah. It, it, it was – they put it in just to I mean, set up that little bit of tension. Like it's not necessary. Right. They had the, he, he had to go through the computer it. to see that she wasn't using his last name. Sure. Yeah, and also to set him up further as that blue collar guy that doesn't know um, uh, computers. What are these? Right, right, right. The every the relatable every guy. Because yeah. back then people were like that. So people still are, but everyone was like that you back know, try then. Try to order a fucking sandwich from Wawa sometime <laughs> with someone in front of you that doesn't know how to do it, and they're asking the person over at the counter. Uh, can I get lettuce on mine? Yeah, you can. Push the button that says lettuce. Yeah. Wawa is like a subway, kind of, but you order everything over a touch screen. Yes, so that, you don't have to interact with yeah. anyone. It's wonderful. And, and they just make it for you, and you pay for it, and you pick it up. Yes. So, and you can get you can order bowls of macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes with chicken strips on top. Or in this holiday season, hot turkey with gravy, yeah. which is probably going to take a year off your life every time you eat it. But yeah, so there's not many plot holes, but I just wanted to find a reason to talk more about Die Hard because I love the movie. Uh, but now let's talk more about Gremlins. This, the bathroom buddy. It's the invention of the century, friends. It eliminates uh, the need to carry heavy luggage and things when you travel. And you got yourself your shaving mirror. You got yourself your toothbrush. You got yourself a toothpick. You got toenail clippers. You got na nail file. You got yourself a dental mirror. This is going to revolutionize traveling. Now, let's just say for the sake of argument that you're on a bus or a plane or a train. You forgot to brush your teeth. You got yourself a bad case of dragon breath. Bad breath. Now, what do you do? No problem, friend. All you do is you take your toothbrush out and you push this button. That's no problem. That's absolutely no problem. Cleans up easily. Now, what I'd like to do, sir, I'd like to give you my card. Rand Peltzer. Fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. I make the illogical logical. He makes the illogical logical squeezer. Randall Peltzer might be one of... He, he has his, his problems, but he might be one of the most lovable people I could ever imagine. Right. I wanted that... Travel buddy so bad. The bathroom yes. buddy so bad. Yes. When I was a kid, I when I was a kid, I loved gadgets that did everything in one. I was obsessed mm -hmm. with them, and they were as ridiculous as that one. As this, <laughs> they yes. would sell and them. They they still make these things like and a lot of times they're gag gifts or something like that. But yeah, get them yeah, at like but, Target on the end caps. Yeah, but like the 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 gusto of his sales pitch for it uh, is. So what are, what are a couple of your favorite inventions in the movie? All right. So uh, the electric hammer is great, of course. Um, uh, and I love then he – so he's sitting at the table, and it's almost like they're just going through these things. Like, hey, look at this wacky shit that we came up with. And it's also to kind of give him some background and um, to give a bit least some background. Just this is what he has to deal with. Um, and then he puts that down and gets out the fly swatter. Which I, I think that's up there. It's one of my favorites. It's, the, it's a four fly swatters hooked up to a power drill. And it's just this ridiculous windmill whipping. I don't. 
it would probably just blow flies away. Um, it's something that I could probably end up doing myself. Maybe I'll make that one of my little side projects. See if I can put that thing together. Oh, make it like a squeezer, uh, a Radiers TV episode? That's not a bad idea. Yeah. But yeah, I'll just, uh, I can easily stick four fly swatters in a drill and see what happens. I probably will hurt myself, and people will watch. Um, the coffee maker was fantastic. That just pours I out don't coffee know syrup. Why there was a need for him to invent a new coffee maker, but he did. And it just poured out this sludge, this black tar. Um, which to me looked delicious. Oh yeah. Um, it's usually I think I that's how you drink. Yeah, I was gonna say that's how you drink your coffee. Um, uh, what else was there? I'll stick. I'll still stick to my French press and let it steep for like a half hour. The juicer. Of, the juicer. Don't forget the, the juicer. Yeah, the juicer that would just spray orange juice all over. W- it was, one orange it was awesome spit out because, like fifty pounds of pulp. Yes. Yeah, it was like an entire pallet. Uh, of oranges just being splattered throughout the house. Yeah, and then there um, was this mixer that killed the gremlin. Yeah, the like industrial strength blender, which like you were wondering, like, are they setting this up as every single one of these devices is going to take a gremlin out? But we got we got to see some. Um, yeah, yeah, the blender was terrific. His mom is um, a ruthless killer. She, yeah, fuck. They should have just let her. She she's the John McClane of fucking gremlins. Right. She could have taken the whole party out. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, they, oh, yeah, they should have an alternate ending where she kind of just busts into the movie theater with, like, right. just a, a chainsaw and a rolling pin and just wrecks shit. I would pay money to watch that. Yeah, yeah, probably would um, see. So there, the smokeless, more... smokeless ashtray, which oh, creates yeah. more smoke than right. exists in the cigarette itself, which then, at the end, they... they Winds up selling back to, uh... Mr. Wing, Mr. yeah. Wing, yeah. <laughs> Some uh, gas station guy tried to sell me one. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the egg, the egg breaking uh, device. Oh yeah. Um, put, like, which five would, eggs in. was supposed to like break one egg at a time, and each time it would break, it would cluck. But in reality, it would just destroy a half a dozen eggs, just crack them all, and pieces go flying everywhere. Great. Those are some great inventions, and that w- that was a great addition to the movie. I don't know whose idea it was to make him crazy inventor, but I I, mm-hmm. I always enjoyed it as a kid. Yeah, it made him lovable. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I, I I feel like that's like it's kind of like the movie itself is kind of this way. It's just like these this uh, you know pet project right that everyone was working on. Um. Oh, oh, and the uh, everyone misses this. I mi- I missed it myself until I was going through and like just looking this stuff up. And he had, at one point, I think he's working on. I don't know. If, he was sitting at the at the kitchen counter, and there was a uh, an artichoke with a speaker plugged into it. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was kind of like yeah. uh like a, it powered the speaker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it would work that way. I did learn from uh, Captain Noah. If you remember our yes, yes. Uh, you can power uh, like a little clock with a potato, yeah. With a potato, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I learned that. And then he, of course, wanted to sell gizmos. The bread breeded he wanted to breed and sell gizmos. Yeah, that would have been a bad idea. Would have been a bad idea. Then he would have been like, then he would have come off as like a villain. Yeah, well, he didn't. 
But um, so yeah, we talked. Uh, we talked a good amount of Dara. We talked a good amount of Gremlins. But of course, I gotta. I gotta end it on Batman Returns. The signal goes out. Crime is on the rise. Batman Returns, exploding with power. The Bat Ski Boat thunders ahead, bolting onto land for a missile attack. Gonna fly, my dear Penguin Commandos. The time has come to punish Batman. Batman. Deep-dive Batman surfaces. Fire! Tearing into battle, Batman blasts his torpedo. Penguins all wet. Gotham City's greatest hero, Batman returns. So, not to use the same clip you use, but I notice you cut the Bat Penguin Commando stuff from yours. Uh, so, I appreciate that. But uh, the, remember the Penguin Commando action figures from the Batman Returns Kenner line? Oh, they were my absolute favorite. I, I've talked about this before, so I won't like get a nauseam about it. But I always wanted like multiples, and my mom was always like, "You have, you have those already." I'm like, "No, yep. but, but I need like ten sets of them." She's like, "No, you psychopath! You have, a, you have those. I'm not buying them. They were hard enough to track down. They were kind of a chase at first to get. Mm -hmm. They didn't come out right away, so like we tracked them down for a while. But I had pretty much that entire line. That entire line was great. It's still one of my favorite." action figure lines to this day and those penguin commandos were so sick there are two penguins that were distinctly different and they had uh, backpacks with launching missiles on them and i i own a set today i think they're on our radius rad tv set but uh the penguin commandos are so cool because in the movie i loved i loved uh the penguin commandos and i loved hearing about how they treated them they're they're like flown in they, they kept it so like cold on that Set they were treated better than the actors. Yeah. Um, on the war. Oh yeah. Block. No, no one cares for the actors. If if the union speaks up, you get you know everyone's like oh the union's bitching again. But if PETA shows up, well yeah, you don't want to hurt these poor innocent penguins. Oh no. Yes. But also uh, like like the look on Batman's face when like a missile gets launched at the ski boat, <laughs> and. Um, like he kind of like double takes like what the fuck was that I, I just I love their role in the movie and uh, the, the having the action figures made it that much better like they were they were like it, without the backpacks they could have been like bought at a museum but then yeah they, they, I was thinking the same thing I, I might I don't even remember if I did that or not to add to like you said you need an army of these things yeah right but you had to deal with two I had yeah. a bunch of like plastic ones I got and then, like, when we'd go down the Rehoboth Beach, we'd go to this candy store, and they sold these peachy penguins. They were black and white because of artificial coloring, but they tasted like peach. So I would, like, convince my mom. It was the same same year I bought that plastic applause penguin that I carried around like my teddy bear. <laughs> and he looked just like the Danny DeVito penguin. But I convinced my mom to get me a pound of these peachy penguins. And I ate a few, but I would use them as my little, like, penguin <laughs> army when playing with them. He'd command them. So I just thought that was cool. And, um, you know, they, 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 those figures with this movie and all these movies hold a special place in my heart, not just for Christmas. Like, for me, they all remind me of summer, quite honestly, because I saw them all in the summer originally. But now they, you know, they're fun to watch at Christmas. And it, it, I, I figured it was a good way for us to bridge Christmas to, you know, the winter. Yeah. And uh, what we have coming up. And it got me to go back and I mean I, I might have probably checked out Gremlins, but I, I hadn't seen it in some time. And I'm glad I did because God damn, it was just fun to watch. 
Yeah, I always have fun watching Gremlins. Uh, but Die Hard was my favorite to watch out of three because Die Hard is just such a good movie. I mean, I love yeah. Batman Returns, and I probably watch Batman Returns so much, but Die Hard, Die Hard's just a good fucking yeah. Die, Hard. Die Hard's probably in that top ten of movies I've seen the most. Right. For, you know, just because it's either on or it's there. And I have, <coughs> excuse me, probably seen it more on cable so like I probably saw it so many times on cable like and when it came time to like see the actual like theatrical R cut like I didn't know what I was watching right because for the longest time I'd only seen it on like you know well that's how a lot of movies were for me <laughs> on, a, on a Saturday afternoon yeah well I mean this was fun this was yeah going back and listening to the stuff that you know was Christmas but not because we still feel like Christmas on the 28th, 29th, you know, until New Year's. The trees are still up all the time. Presents are still lingering on the house, not touched yet. You know, you're, you're still munching on leftovers from the Christmas meals. So, you know, you might, if you didn't get to watch it during the Christmas season, you're not going to put on National Lampoons or Home Alone, but you might put on Batman Returns. You might put on Die Hard. You might put on Gremlins. Um, and that's what we did here. We, we put those three on and we gave you a little taste of three good movies so uh that was fun and we're gonna be back in 2018 with uh with with a lot more a lot more rad years tv a lot more rad years podcasts and a lot more updates to radyears.com right squeeze yes i might even write something i mean he's reading a book he might write a blog the world might come to an end no i think that's that's definitely likely, um, unfortunately. Uh, that, that is true. I shouldn't have said yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Well, you stay warm out there, kids, and we will talk to you in 2018. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Good night. <laughs>